Welcome, witches. You are entering the stormy ridges and sunlight-dappled valleys of the northern Ozarks. Our cottage is battened down near the top of a windswept hillside, not far from a high-water river and a freshly blooming fairy circle, still carefully hidden by its strong-standing guardian oaks. Look around. You'll once again find wriggling worms and Easter bunnies popping out of the warming earth, only to be met by the chilling calls of the Ozark Howler, a furry feline bear with wolf-like tendencies. Luckily, the Howler keeps enough to itself so that the swooping barn swallows, springtime water nymphs and flying fairies, hard-working healthcare professionals, and children returning home can all take a few moments to breathe in a sun-kissed floral breeze. Come sit on the porch and enjoy a visit with me, Hester Makepeace, the Cottage Witch. Look around, look around, how lucky we are to be alive right now. <laughs> Today is Tuesday, April 4th, 2023, and tomorrow is the April full moon. This is season four, episode two, Family Witchery, and our first ever interview show. We are joined by my youngest, my moon child, Moss Makepeace. Hey, y'all, and speaking of moon child, that April full moon is a pink moon. It's a great time to celebrate the culmination of all that new energy you've been inviting into your life. You may notice that Moss and I have very similar voices. In fact, everybody in the Make Peace Cottage. So also, you may remember that I have three children. Caroline is my oldest, Charlotte's the middle kid, and Moss is the baby. Baby in her 20s. <laughs> in their 20s, I'm not perfect with the they them, but I keep working at it. Anyway, Button has been in the hospital for the last... 11 days. It's been a wild ride. And Moss has moved back home in between that time period. And the hospital is about an hour and a half drive one way from Makepeace Cottage. So it's been some upheaval, most of which we would not have made our way through if it weren't for Moss's arrival. Yeah, it's been hectic, but I've been glad to be home uh, to make sure that... Oh, Butterscotch is joining in. I can hear Percy in the other rooms. <laughs> but it has. It has been a hectic blessing. I've been glad to be around to make sure that Hester here is making it home and making it to, to and fro safely. Oh, yeah. I have a habit of falling asleep while driving on long drives, too. So keeping it, her awake. Yep. It's all been actually really good. So the first thing we're going to do is let you hear a little bit about Moss from Moss. Yeah. So hey, y'all. All right. Well, like we said, my name is Moss. Um, I do use they, them pronouns. I am non-binary. Um, I'm in my mid-20s, so I'm very much in my figuring things out era. I'm trying to just make life work. Student loans are a delight. Um, right now I am working full time. I'm in the best job that I've ever had, honestly, working for a chain of adult retailers. And, you know, I definitely am in practice. I do witchcraft. I definitely do. But I would say that if Hesser over here is swimming in her practice, I'm kind of up to my ankles just because I've been stuck in the rat race. So part of the joy for me being home is it's so much nicer here at the cottage. Butterscotch agrees with me. It's calmer. It's quiet. It's 
windy and nice and you can actually see trees and grass and I can pick dandelions and I know for a fact they haven't had any pesticide on them. It's nice. So yeah. This episode is family witchery and it really is about and not really intentionally <laughs> raising little witches, but it sort of happened whether it was by osmosis or what. It was not my intention. And in fact, I'm pretty sure I kept it hidden or tried to keep it hidden for a while. We liked to talk, you see. Oh, my babies talked very early. <laughs> All of them did. They were always listening. You know how kids are. They're always listening. So I probably thought I was more secretive than I was. <laughs> and because of my profession, which yeah. is English teacher, but I've always been that medievalist and Renaissance specialist, I think that a lot of that focus also blended in with my witchery. And while I think, oh, we're going to a Renaissance fair, they're seeing a lot more going on at that Renaissance yeah, fair. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely didn't necessarily mean to do it, but Moss and I were talking on one of those long hospital trips about all those sort of witchy things. We oh, did. yeah. So, hit oh, it, yeah. Moss. Yeah. So, like, one thing is that probably our family was mom would make us. The moon cookies. We would have moon cookies like every full moon. We would do the shaping of the dough into little moons. <gasps> do you um, remember when we moved from St. Louis back to my home area um, and Moss was in fourth grade when mm -hmm. we moved back? Well, we read to these kids every night. I have no idea how else you put a child to bed. It was the only way we could get him to fall asleep. And so when Harry Potter stuff came out, we were reading Harry Potter. But Button was also reading science fiction. Mm -hmm. We read The Princess Bride. We did read little stories, too. Um, I think I can still recite all of Goodnight Moon and um, Harold and the Purple Crayon and Where the Wild Things Are, because we acted that one out. Um, <laughs> we did. But we re also read all the Harry Potter books, all of them, to them probably more than once. And then Moss also had them on audio CDs that they would play over and over again, too. Mm -hmm. What I loved is we moved down here and they had a little reading counts program and Moss got like thousands of points. Listen, people really thought I was defrauding the reading counts program. Um, no, I just read like that. <laughs> and and they had listened to everything. And anyway, it was a hoot. They had a T-shirt with like the number of points that you got on the back. Do you remember that? I don't remember the t-shirt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh my it was gosh. just hilarious. I remember, I remember people being suspicious of me. Right. Because we were such little nerd witches and they didn't even know I, I was. I think third witch. grade was when I did a diorama book report about Hitchhiker's Guide to Everything. Oh, that's right. Um, it had a tiny little Marvin the Robot. Um, it was great. Yep. So <laughs> nerd, nerd kids from the beginning. Oh, yeah. And definitely Renaissance fairs. We would go to those all the time. We belonged to the SCA. We did. Was the society, we surely did. The Society for Creative and anachronism and they would do reenactments but it was creative in that you know women had the same power as men yeah. in the organization so not quite historical but very historical and i loved them yeah so we did that we definitely have a really like it's the best picture that has ever been taken of me um and we will put it up it's, oh, it's yes. me as a little baby with a, a little foam sword probably the size of my baby body in a wizard hat holding flowers it's amazing and it's a wizard a, gown. We yeah. were so, I we had costumes. All that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And we went to science fiction conventions. Oh, yeah. Since they were babies. Um, so my kids also grew up with the Rocky my, Horror Picture My earliest show. cosplay was a very, very old Merlin. 
right. when I was a baby. Right. So um, they were Merlin living backwards. Anyway, that's how we did it. And somehow in that process, as they got older, Moss says they sort of... You sort of pick up on it. Like we had our fairy gardens. And one thing is that um, I probably had access to way different kinds of books than a lot of people did. I could get into the bookshelves. Hester here was hiding. Maybe not hiding, but had the books about tarot, that kind of thing. I knew that my mom had cards. I knew that kind of stuff. It was just never directly like, and now you go do it. Until I started exploring for myself and started having these conversations, that's when we started sharing practice. Right. I, I do remember growing up in the on the floor of my office where we had felt boards and felt people and they would play with all of those. And Moss is absolutely right. Although I'm going, oh, yes, I did yeah. hide those books. You are correct. They were there. They were there. They were there. Um, Silver Raven Wolf and yep, all of her ilk. Um, <laughs> and the tarot cards were there. And again, not really hidden. We were also gamers. So we oh, were yeah. playing Dungeons and Dragons and all of the various tabletop role-playing games. So that all was going on too. That's how we raised baby witches here in Maycoosh Cottage. Not necessarily intentionally, but we had a whole lot of that stuff going on. We were on. watching. <laughs> there we go. The funny thing about raising smart, interesting, sassy little people who are open and accepting of others is that they grow up and become smart, interesting, sassy young adults who are very open to other people and sometimes absolutely demand the acceptance of others. Yeah, I would identify as demanding that. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes that can be a worry, but... I can't say that I'm mad about it. I can't say it's wrong, but I will say I still sometimes worry for them. And that can be challenging. Yeah. I mean, I think it's challenging any dynamic like that. From a younger person, the child's perspective, it's difficult. It's hard not to see things in black and white and feel like you know just everything. And your parents don't know anything about what you're going through. Ooh, and that's hard to be the parent yeah. who has really worked very hard doing all of those things and educating oneself and becoming a professional. And you just don't know anything in your child's viewpoint. That's hard, too. Yeah. No, I promise you to both of you... you Everybody can learn something from one another, right? Parent from child, child from parent. It's there and it's difficult to accept sometimes, but I'm promising you it gets better. It, gets, it really it, does it, get better. It really gets better. And it's all about listening to each other the whole time. Just trying. And that's not always easy to do. It's easy to say. Yeah, we know. But it's all about listening to each other, respecting each other, liking each other. Yeah. Which sometimes feels very far away during those teen years. Oh, yeah. But I swear to all of you, it gets better. It really does. It really does. And that doesn't apply to every dynamic. We know this. Be You're the one who judges that and keep yourself safe. Um, but in general, really, truly, you have stuff to learn from each other. You really do. And so during the teen years, it's kind of a lot about hanging on. Yeah. Just, just hang on. <laughs> Teens hang on. Parents hang on. Right. And sometimes you will, out of the corner of your eye, catch each other being you. And the teen really kind of freaks out about all of that. Oh, listen, moving back home with Hester, I just look at her probably once a day and I'm like, oh, God, you're me. I'm you. You're me. It is kind of wild. It's really <laughs> pretty fun, though, too. So 
during the teen years is where those little witches who you didn't even know you were making little witches become their own person and are living their own lives in their own styles and their own ways. And it's also all about maturing into the man or woman or person really that they're going to become. Absolutely. And that is definitely when I started exploring craft for myself was about my teen years. That's when all of my coming into myself really started. That's when I was like, I don't think I'm straight. I think I'm queer. And by the way, I do use the word queer. Totally fair if you don't prefer it, but I use it as a self-identifier. Sort of just as a connection to the generation of my community, frankly, that I will never be able to meet due to the AIDS crisis. And just as a celebration of, you know, we're here, we're queer, get used to it. So I really identify with that language. I also find that that whole sort of gender fluidity, gender spectrum issue is very much like the religious aspect oh, yeah. of who we are. Because Button was raised Baptist, I was raised Lutheran, and I converted to Catholicism in college. Quite frankly, I really love the medieval nature of the Catholic Church, still do. But the more witchy and accepting of everything, everything, everywhere, everybody's religion, the more I began to understand it all as a spectrum. And we all, yeah. yeah. I mean, I do believe there's something spiritual out there with all my heart, but how we all identify it, how different people see it is not my business. Mm -hmm. My business is me. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I'm interested in how other people see it. I find that fascinating too, which is also kind of the same thing about how I understand people, other people's gender identity. Oh yeah. Fascinated about that too. Yeah, I absolutely. I, I think the trans experience for me is an inherently spiritual one. Um, just because I believe, you know, we're all part of the universe and we're all expressions of the universe creating itself, right? And I think there's a powerful beauty and just just spirituality and connection to the universe by creating yourself and taking that and saying, well, I can create as sort of a co-creator with whatever powers that be. I think that's beautiful. Oh, I like the co-creator kind of thing. Also, the other dynamic we had in the Make Peace Cottage is neurodivergence. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Every one of us is on a spectrum of... I liked being in the Baptist church because I got rewarded for memorizing Bible verses. And I had a good memory. (laughs) Right, right. And so we all have all sorts of issues there. So now we're also going to talk about the expansive definition of family that we get, um, that we think is sort of foundational we had it but it's witchiness is foundational to that too oh hey before we do that expansive definition of family we are going to talk a little bit about podcasting itself Yeah, I'm sitting here watching Hester while she uses this editing software and we're recording and editing kind of at the same time. And it actually, the user interface looks really friendly. So definitely I would suggest look into Spotify for podcasters because I'm watching it and I I feel like I could do this. I know you could do this. She's way better at it. (laughs) They are way better at it than I am. I'm a little bit of a mess and I can do it too. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. 
No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. One of the ideas that is sort of foundational to everything that we're talking about here, I think has its roots in witchiness and that everybody is important and everybody is part of everything. We're all part of the goddess, god, human, animal, nature cycle. Yeah, everything's a child of the universe. Everyone, every plant, every animal. Right, yes, that's exactly right. When I was really young, somewhere I heard that people are just God with skin on them. And I love it. And I really think that we are all incarnations of the spirit energy of the world. So are trees and plants and flowers and the birds that I hear singing in the background. We're all part of that. In fact, it's everything is everything. Mm -hmm. Everything is everything. Okay, let's talk about family. So for me, family tends to be closer to home. I do have family spread out in other states and keep track of them. I have my work family, which in this case, since it's a school, is multi-generational. I just really like that. We are a very close-knit bunch at my high school. I'd like to say we are district-wide, but not so much. We're much closer at the high school with each other. Um, and we're several miles away from the other schools in our district. So that might explain some of that. Too. Yeah, it's a proximity thing. But I also have friends in St. Louis that I meet up with online and stuff. And we continue that and we go visit. We visit St. Louis a lot. Moss, you have a different take on this. Yeah, well, so my understanding um, of family, what it's come to be is probably pretty similar to what most people would just call community, right? But I think it's deeper than that. And I think if we look at it from our sort of witchy perspective of understanding ourselves as all fundamentally connected, um, we're all made of the same stuff. You know, we're all we're all stardust out here. Absolutely. And so part of what's been really impactful for me in that expansive definition of family is being able to bring other people who don't feel or don't have that touchstone into our family. Going away to college was fun and weird and interesting and got me all sorts of new perspectives on life, as I think going away to college is supposed to do. But part of that is I got connected with a large group of other queer folks and overwhelmingly, and I mean, this is nothing, overwhelmingly, my friends did not feel like they had a safe home life and they did not have accepting family who wanted to love them for whoever they were, whenever they were that person. When I lived in a house full of young queer people, this was actually the first time I started doing any group craft and being able to see how touched people were by a mother figure, a crone figure. That would just be me. Said, yeah, that yeah, yeah. Me. Okay. Mom would make us moon cookies, which we used to make all the time as kids. She would send us moon cookies with, with good energies and baked right in. And I would share them with the whole house. It just made them feel seen. It made people feel loved. Um, and that's really the core component, I think, to our family is that act of seeing people, caring about people. Over the holidays, when I or Charlotte would bring a partner over for Christmas, right? They were always included. They were always 
part of the family. There was never any weirdness. Whether that person had been our partner for two months or three years, they were part of the family. That's just because whoever is extended into your family is just immediately part of our family too. And for 100%, I've invited several friends over. I've always offered that, that if they let us know in advance, we will have them over for the holidays. We will have them know. We'll make a plate for Thanksgiving. Um, If somebody just showed up, I don't think I'd turn them away either. Yeah. (laughs) It's just understanding the, um, the idea that we are all family walking around on earth and i mean the dogs get treats on christmas the the plants are family the animals are family it's all family right at the end of the day that's how we should all treat each other right and if you've been listening for a while then you know that we lost caroline Mm -hmm. our oldest daughter and i have a little heart with some of her ashes in it she was cremated because quite frankly folks i couldn't Mm-hmm. barrier. So when I'm buried one day, she'll be in my arms. But um, I carry Caroline. She goes all with yep. us all the time. And I say things like, well, Caroline, Caroline's in my pocket. And I'm just yeah. like, yay. Okay. Or whatever. And I still say I have three daughters because I do have three. Do. I do. I do. Well, you have two and a goblin, but that's just I me. Do. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to put that. Moss is on that continuum. It's all I'm sad. out here. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> But being able to invite other people into our family is great. So touching on that mother and crone energy, we already talked a lot about maiden energy when we talked about you guys being little witchy kids. (laughs) All three are, I think, present in a family. And generational family is so important. Mm -hmm. When Button got sick... You were already planning on moving Yeah, I was in. already working on moving back in. And the plan had been in place for two, three months. It was just getting increasingly serious. Yes. As Butterscotch would like to tell you, I have a procrastination problem. Um, so we maybe procrastinated a little bit. And we were needing to get out by the end of March. And then this all happened in the past Probably March 20th or something. It was around the 20th. Button was in the hospital for 11 days. This is his third day out, fourth day out. Yeah. So in the midst of all of this, Button's in the hospital in one direction. Moss is moving out in another direction. Yeah. Luckily, we have a truck. No, no. Button drives it. Button Um, drives it. And Hester is allowed to drive it as necessary, but Button drives it. Moss is not allowed to drive it. Moss is not allowed. In <laughs> fact, Moss drove my car for the first time yep. in the midst of these last two weeks. Yes. And did just fine. But, you know, the baby has a little bit of the baby energy forever. I can say this because I'm the baby, too. <laughs> and so is Button, by the way. We're yeah. sort of a family of babies. Anyway, Button was ill. We had a lot of driving to do, an hour and a half each way. Moss had to move out, was moving into our upstairs, which is a library gaming room. Yeah. It's a beautiful kind of upstairs, but full of a lot of stuff that Button and I also just weren't using, you know, stored upstairs. So we made a lot of driving trips. Yes, we were driving to and from the hospital, to and from my old apartment, which is like 45 minutes away from the cottage, probably. The other direction. Yeah, the exact other direction. Um, We had to switch vehicles. (laughs) Right. It was madness. And we would not have either of us independently having to deal with that would not have worked. It simply would not have. 
I was so stressed out about cleaning out my apartment and there was mom, there was Hester reminding me that like, this is so much, not a huge deal. (laughs) There's so much more to freak out about in this world. Right. Um, And here I am driving miles and miles and oh, during storms, like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. Even the first night home, we had tornadoes in Missouri and we're driving over bridges. So we have to be worried about flooding. There are about 30 bridges between the hospital and Makepeace Cottage at night in a torrential downpour. And I'm terrified that each one is going to be flooded and I won't be able to see that it's flooded because I can only see six, eight feet in front of the car. So it was a nightmare, but it all came home to us how much we needed each other. Yeah. And how we tend to get isolated from each other. And multi-generational housing is such a solution for us right now. It really is. The trouble that I've been running in financially, my partner has been out of work, so it's difficult to maintain bills for your whole apartment. It's just hard. In 2023, you know, pay structures that should be designed to do that aren't fulfilling that. They just aren't. They just aren't. We were sort of led to believe that there would be student loan relief, Um, to some extent and we've spent two years isolated incredibly Mm -hmm. it's just rough to live alone it's really difficult to be living alone even if you have your partner living with me which I am blessed to have that's still kind of isolating right and I love living alone but I also like living with people but I still need my alone time yeah so now I have um, my own room office Lair, it's my witchy mm. lair, and I use that for alone time, and that's perfect. And Button wants his alone time too. We get cranky if we're two together, and we get cranky if we're two alone. Yeah, and you have to strike that balance with anybody you live with, honestly. You really do, and you have to bring in the silliness and joy of the maiden as well. It's all real important, and it doesn't necessarily involve children at oh, all. No. No, you don't have to have children to have that mother energy. You don't have to have grandchildren to have a crone energy. And you don't have to be a child to have that maiden energy. And you don't have to be female to have them either. Oh, yeah, no. It's just, it really is sort of the status of the moon, the status Mm. of life, and the ongoing changes that we all go through. Yeah. And it's good stuff. And it should be celebrated. Oh, absolutely. I definitely think... Where we'd say, I'd say our energies are focused is you're kind of crone aligned, very focused, but of course you still have that mother energy. Of course you still have that maiden energy. And I'm more maiden aligned, but leaning more into a mother energy as I get older, really, truly it's happening. Um, Now I don't have kids, but I do have a cat who I would absolutely go to war for. (laughs) But of course I also have that crone energy just because, you know. We've been through some stuff, right? We've been through some stuff and I can offer some wisdom. As a young person, I faced a lot of grief and loss, a lot from a very young age. And that has really helped how I can talk with people and connect with people going through that stuff. Right. And we have Which is a crone energy. It is a crone energy and we have it in spades. We really do. But there's a part of us that has a lovely dark sense of humor. Oh, yeah. Um, And we also know when somebody else is talking to us, you can tell. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. And 
honestly, we'd rather you didn't know. Yeah. We really would. But there's something about looking somebody else in the eye who understands where you've been and where you're going. And that's a witchy sensibility, too. Absolutely. Butterscotch agrees. <laughs> hey, that's our episode. Thank you so much for hanging with us. I'm going to close this out with a few thank yous and gratitude. And, oh, we're going to put up the picture of Moss. As I will get that for you. A three-year-old little wizard at a, a little child. So cute. A little Renaissance fair wizard. I love it. It's nighttime now here on the porch of Make Peace Cottage. Can you hear the peep frogs singing in the background? I apologize for the sound quality because of it during the interview. Another learning moment. Note to self, don't record outside on a windy day or a windy night. <laughs> See, it's just like that commercial sort of says. I'm learning as I go and that's okay. I probably won't do this for a while until it's a little bit less spring and more summer. Tomorrow's supposed to be more big storms, too. I worry about them, but there's also something thrilling and powerful about a crashing good thunderstorm. If one blows up in your neck of the woods, it can be a good time to channel that energy and do a little magic, especially so near the full moon. Be safe about it, though. You really don't even have to go outside. Throw open the drapes and channel through that double-pane window. It'll work just fine that way, too. I'm happy you got to meet my moss. They're a good kid and a good grown-up, too. They may pop in again down the line. We'll see. And again, I'm making a shout-out to my three monthly supporters. Thanks so much, Kathy, Amy, Beth, and Erica. You can support us, too, for as little as 99 cents a month. There's a link in the show notes. That's the description area of this episode. But I'm also totally down with you just enjoying our chats for free. I'll see you again in two weeks for a new new moon. For now, merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Good night to all my favorite witches and cottage folk. Or good morning, as the case may be.